You're listening to The Rouge Report, brought to you by Young's Equipment, your Vaterstad headquarters. As this year's crop goes in the bin, it's never too early to plan for next year's seeding season. Vaterstad seed hawk seeders are known for their ability to maximize the potential of your plant. Vaterstad, precise, reliable. Remember to go to youngs.ca to use the podcast code ROUGE, that's R-O-U-G-E, for your chance to win a rider's prize package. Welcome to The Rouge Report, presented by Young's Equipment. I'm Cody Fajardo. And I'm Isaac Harker. Follow along as we tackle CFL topics one point at a time. A Rough Rider podcast. Welcome back to the Rouge Report. This is episode 15. We got a lot to talk about today, so what do you say we get right into it, Cody? It's just us today. Yep, sounds good. I think biggest headline uh, from football this week is the injuries. Uh, Some of the names on the list, Nick Bosa, Saquon Barkley, Jimmy G, Christian McCaffrey, Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton, Devontae Adams, Anthony Barr, Tevin Coleman, and the list goes on and on. There's a laundry list of injuries, man. And those are some big-time players, right, especially for their teams. Uh, It looked like the Niners definitely went through it, three of their guys on there. And these injuries are um, big-time injuries, you know. So this leads me to the question, do you think the COVID um, preparation where you don't get preseason games and you just get training camp and you get ramped right into week one has a big uh, deal with these injuries? I think it marginally like has an impact for sure just because of the shortened training camp and having no preseason games, like maybe not necessarily being in in-game shape, like being in good shape but not being used to taking hits and stuff has – a little bit to do with it but obviously some of it's just pure unlucky you know what I mean yeah I mean I think any injury is is almost pure unlucky and most of the time it's your body being in an awkward situation that only football can put you in but uh, I think you raised a good point most of the time people think they're in great shape until they get on the field in game Um, there's a difference between in game shape and just being in shape and a lot of times when your body's exhausted I think your mechanics break down and you find yourself in these awkward situations. I'm not saying all these injuries happen from that, but I think uh, dealing with being the, just going training camp and not getting hit, especially say a quarterback like Jimmy G or Drew Locke, those guys weren't getting hit for a month. And then all of a sudden you go week one and people are trying to take your head off. So uh, that has some implications as well. It's just tough to see it. And uh, that's 2020s just continued to be one of those years that everyone wants to forget. Yeah, just – a lot of teams losing foundations of their franchise and stuff. The only silver lining is that obviously it's really early in the season. So even if you have a season ending injury, you could potentially be back in the earlier parts of next year. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, for Saquon Barkley, uh, a lot of athletes think about, you know, if you happen to get injured earlier, the better in terms of an ACL. So you can almost play the entire season next year, as opposed to getting hurt in week 12, week 15 in the playoffs And then you miss the playoffs and you miss the next year and that would be tough. Or a lot of guys, what they try and do is accelerate their rehab and come back earlier than possible and then they have that same injury, right? So um, I guess the only silver lining about these week two injuries was it is week two. Some guys will make it back for significant football towards the end of the year and the others will at least make it back hopefully um, to play uh, the start of the season next year. And it's better to be injured um, and, in 2020 than it was in like 1970. Cause like ACL was a death sentence, but now like Adrian Peterson coming back true. and rushes yeah. for like 2000 yards and something. So like, yeah, I mean, 
even look at uh, Manny Arsenault. He came back so quick after an ACL. People were like, are you kidding me? I remember that he, he was saying that he wanted to be like a month, month, almost two months early, and which he was. He was very early on his recovery. And I think it's a mindset thing too. If you just kind of sulk and say, you know what, this is just bad luck. Uh, I think your, your body kind of responds to that. But if you're positive going through it and being like, I'm going to push through it and set, uh, set an end goal in mind, I think it helps you mentally i think your brain is so powerful no question no question so a little bit more positive news let's stop talking about injuries because that always sucks um i thought the quarterback play this weekend was very impressive uh give me your top three qbs that uh, impressed you this weekend doesn't have to be best stat line but you just watched them you said wow good for them yeah cam newton jumps to mind just because i don't feel like i necessarily see him throwing the ball great all the time but this weekend he seemed to be really on point. He just missed that one out route inside and that was his only real mistake, but he was throwing the ball well and accurately. I thought. Yeah. I had Cam Newton on my list too. His numbers, he was 30 of 44, 441 total yards and three total touchdowns, which is pretty dang impressive. And a guy who's playing on a minimum contract, um, just throwing his body around, running the ball tough. And a lot of times when you don't have that big money, you don't feel like, you have to protect yourself and play every game. He's just trying to win and take it one game at a time, which uh, I, I respect a lot. And he's definitely playing with a chip on his shoulder because Carolina basically wrote him off and said he's got nothing left in the tank. So good for Cam Newton. Uh, Patriots look pretty good. Their defense, however, did not look good. And that's what won him so many games last year. Uh, Russell Wilson, we'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. He just five touchdowns, incredible. So who else you got uh, on your top three? I also was impressed with Tannehill because a lot of people were saying he was going to have like not a sophomore slump, but like there's no way he could keep up the production he had last year. But I mean, he only threw the ball 24 times, but had four touchdowns and no turnovers. So just playing exactly how Tennessee needs him to play. Exactly. And that's it. He doesn't have to go out there and win and put it all on his shoulders. He's got Derrick Henry, one of the most elite running backs in the league, which will help him in play action and uh, be able to throw the ball down the field. And, and Derrick Henry's a good protection back as well. Um, I think you're exactly right. He does not have to win football games. He just has to be able to protect the football, don't turn it over, and make the plays when they're there. And that's exactly what he's done in week one and week two. And, and Tennessee's a fun team to watch. Uh, I was really questioned at the end of last year of can he continue to play at that high level that he was throughout the playoffs, even though Derrick Henry was carrying him, but he still played very well. Um, so that was my big thing. But for me, uh, Dak Prescott was uh, a very, you know, very impressed with him. 34 of 37, 450 yards, four total touchdowns, which is, I mean, three incompletions. Wow. That's pretty, pretty impressive in a game where it had such a wacky ending. Did you yeah, watch the, the end of that game? kick debacle. Oh, my gosh. Why doesn't the Falcons Confused. jump on the ball? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I've never played on the kickoff team or the onside team, but I would just think you know that the Cowboys aren't going to jump on it early, so you're going to have a clean spot on it, but it looked like everybody was just waiting for the ball to go 10 yards, that, which uh, is someone... very bad said that at one point in the game, the Falcons had a 99.3% chance of winning, and they still botched it. I have two incredible stats for you. First one is, I think if you fail, 
if you fail a punt conversion, like the Cowboys try to fake punt, if you fail it, I think you have a chance of like 70% chance of losing. They failed two conversions, uh, uh, fake punt attempts on their own side of the field. The Falcons, I don't remember exactly the stat, but I know the number. It was like whoever scored 39 points and zero turnovers, they were 440 and 0. Never have they lost if your team has scored 39 not even points mad. and not I'm turned impressed. the ball over. Well, the, Fal- well, the Falcons <laughs> have done it again after the Super Bowl debacle. So you know that they know how to lose football games when they are winning, and they know how to put every statistician, uh, give them a migraine because Man, it just like makes no sense. They have no an uncanny sense. knack for figuring out how to blow it. Yeah. And then who else you got? Uh, one more, give me one more QB. I was not on the with. Josh Allen hype train. I didn't think he would translate well, but man, is he nice. he shut yeah. me up and he's played so well. 417 yards and four touchdowns and no turnovers. Like and he's rushing like he rushes yeah. the ball well too, so it's incredible. He did play the Dolphins, <laughs> however, so I, he's on my list. But uh, if he continues to do that, I mean, I was impressed because they were losing in that game and they had to come back and come from behind and win. And, and Josh Allen did everything he could to help that team Fitzy, win that football Fitzy game. Fitzy played so super solid, that's too. That's the only reason. He it, had 330 it, yards, two touchdowns. That's the thing about, that's the thing about Fitz magic. You get one week, he'll throw four picks. The next week, he'll throw six touchdowns. And you're like, how? it would be so frustrating as an offense coordinator with a quarterback as inconsistent as that, where like one minute he looks like a Hall of Famer, the next minute he looks like a rookie who's just mm-hmm. trying to make a, make his way, you know? So um, next question for you, is Russell Wilson going to win the MVP? Because week one and week two surely shows that uh, he has been playing out of his mind. He had five touchdown passes and uh, one interception. But uh, and that was Through, I think the first pass uh, of the game or early in the game and they took a pick six off a yeah off a tip ball which sucks because it goes on your stats there should be an asterisk next to the interception but anyways um, I learned over the weekend that Russell Wilson especially in that game they talked about it has never received an MVP vote man is that baffling it's or hard what? to believe honestly this might be overreaction Monday but I do think he'll he'll finally get an MVP vote <laughs> this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think he'll get a vote. Will he win it? I don't know. But will he get a vote? I know if he keeps this up, there's no way he doesn't uh, win the MVP because he's Unless been the voters out are the just like colluding weeks. against him. And I that, don't know what he did that, to him, but man. <laughs> he's such a nice guy, man. It must, I don't know. Um, nice guys finish or don't last. Even finish I guess. in the voting That's at all. Phrase, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't even get mentioned. Um, but the, I think the Seahawks team is not very good. I think Russell masks a lot of their weaknesses and a lot of things that they have wrong with that team. And uh, when you can do that, when, I remember when I was in college, the number one thing my uh, head coach used to say is mm-hmm. the quarterback's supposed to make everybody better. And that's what Russell Wilson does. He makes everybody better. It doesn't matter who you put on. I don't think they've ever drafted an offensive lineman in the first round with the Seahawks. They always go defense heavy and uh, he's never really had an offensive line that was just like as good as like you look at the Colts offensive line. They are really good. Even the Patriots offensive line, really good. Brown's offensive line, really good. But his offensive line, I feel like he's always running around back there and making plays. So imagine Russell with a great offensive line. That would be pretty impressive. So um, 
I'm trying to imagine Burrow with a better offensive line. Too. He gets oh, hit so much. He got hit more in one game than he got hit all last year. Well, at we'll get into that because that's a great conversation. But I think the number one takeaway from that game is how much confidence the Bengals have in Joe Burrow. Letting a rookie throw it 61 times, like your offense coordinator is like, he's our best player on the field as a rookie, right? To let him do that. So, um, and with a bad offensive line, you know your guy's going to take shots, take hits. Um, but they didn't care. They are going to keep dropping back and throwing it. I know the situation of the game where they were down uh, played a little bit of a part of that, but 61 times for a rookie quarterback in his second career start, that is, wow. And you talk about Russell making other people better. I think like four of his weapons had over 20 fantasy points because I had Metcalf and Carson, and they both popped off for over 20. Tyler Lockett, Lockett had yeah. over 20. Like, Yeah, that's a good point. And He just spreads it around. And if we're going to – yeah, I mean, he's a he's a fantasy like if you have one of his weapons you're like God bless you Russell yeah. Wilson. <laughs> you're getting me 20 points every week. Yeah. But if we're going to continue on the fantasy topic, I think I have a fun little segment for okay, us. Okay, what do you got for us? So, we're going to have a fantasy draft, but it's not going to be for players. It's going to be for the goat sandwiches. So, we're going to try and put together the best team of sandwiches that we can. Okay. Who gets first pick? We have four rounds. That's my question. Um, How do I get the first pick? Okay. Um, you owe me a Dairy Queen, but you get first pick. How's that sound? Uh, I'm already in with mi- uh, I'll give you a Dairy Queen. Okay, that sounds good. I'm already in. <laughs> That's like 50% of your income monthly is going to getting yeah, other people Dairy Queen. Yeah, because I owe Queen. Mitch, uh, one of the reporters in uh, Regina, I owe him a blizzard because he beat my tail off in uh, fantasy this week. So I might as well just start handing out these – Dairy Queens for free, but okay, I'll I'll, I'll take. It's gonna be a large too, but okay, that's that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I'll overdraft in my account. <laughs> okay, so with the first pick, I'm going Italian sandwich. Nothing better than an Italian sandwich: ham, turkey, salami, provolone cheese, extra onions for sure. Um, all the toppings you could think of: olives, green peppers, lettuce, tomatoes, salt and pepper, oil and vinegar. That is, I can eat that literally for lunch every single day. That's my first pick. And that's that's a that's a pretty solid pick. The only mistake I think is not adding on the Chipotle Southwest sauce, but nonetheless, pretty solid yeah. first pick by you. And uh, with my first round selection, I'm going to choose a Cuban sandwich. Yes, you heard <laughs> right. So that's like smoked pork, and. It's on like rye bread that's toasted uh-huh. with a little melted cheese. Get some pickles on there and some onions. That's my first round selection. I think that's a panic because I'm not picking that guy in the first round. You could have got a steal in the fourth round with that guy. Number two, For- second round, I'm going barbecue pulled pork sandwich with like a um, pepper jack cheese. Onions for sure. I'm a big onions guy. Onions for sure. It's got to be like a sweet tangy um barbecue sauce on just a nice like roll a white roll or wheat roll Mm, there's we we have eaten a lot of barbecue pulled porks i remember every time we went out to eat we we powered through a lot of those with my next selection i'm going a french dip sandwich you've got that basically like italian beef or like just a beef sandwich you can get to dip it in the au jus it's got melted cheese and onions and peppers on it just one of the goaded sandwiches, in my opinion. That's my second round pick. Okay. With my third round pick, I've gone two hot sandwiches in a row, so I feel like I got to diversify my sandwich portfolio a little bit. 
I'm going to go with a club sandwich. So we got turkey, ham, bacon, lettuce. I mean, mayo. We got, you can throw some pickles on there if you're feeling crazy, but that's that's my third round pick. I think it's pretty solid, just a real consistent pick. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that is consistent, and it's it's a namer. Like, everyone knows the club sandwich, so you're going to sell some tickets with the club sandwich in, in your pocket over there. <laughs> Absolutely, like the jersey sales for the club sandwich, that's what's leading our sh- uh, team shop. I, uh, I'm i going tuna. Third round, love tuna. That's um, a reach, bro. That's a reach. No chance. <laughs> um, tuna with on toasted potato bread oh so good with uh cheddar cheese onions of course because i love onions relish the sweet relish and uh it is just something i can eat every day but i found out there's a lot of mercury in it and i'm looking forward to having kids with my wife and so a lot of mercury leads to i guess um infertilities is that the correct word yeah so um i chose to slow my tuna habits down and only try and eat it once maybe twice at most a week but i love tuna man i mean the only problem you have with that pick is no one wants to interview the sandwich post game because its breath is just (laughs) rank all three of my sandwiches have (laughs) heavy onions on it so we're gonna go with the covid you know, the extended microphone so they don't have to worry oh, about it. Oh, that's the best case scenario for that sandwich. With my fourth round. Yeah, with yeah, my final pick, I'm torn. I'm torn. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give my pick and then I'll tell you what else I was thinking about. Okay. So with my final pick, I'm going a patty melt. Yes, a patty melt. So like you're you're thinking like a steak and shake, like a smash burger that's on like Texas toast that's toasted with uh, cheese and that the patty melt sauce. I don't even know what it is, but man, I could just eat it with a spoon. It's so good. And that's that's my final pick. I was thinking about going with the Philly cheesesteak for my last selection. Ooh. But Philly cheesesteak, you have to have the right one. Because if you don't, it, a bad Philly cheesesteak, you can tell. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, and that and you don't want that. You don't want inconsistencies in, in that number fourth round pick, right? You don't want a guy that shows up one week, fits magic, and the next week he's terrible, you know? So... <laughs> I feel you on that. Um, looks like I just got an update on my phone. Cortland Sutton, torn ACL, done for the year. Tough. Wow, that's tough for the Broncos. Um, anyways, my fourth pick is – I was torn too. Um, I went one cold, one hot, one cold. I got to go hot. So I'm going just a basic grilled cheese sandwich. Wow. But extra extra cheese. I'm going three three different types, types of cheese, probably Colby Jack – Probably cheddar, provolone, um, obviously toasting the breads of must. And there's nothing, there's nothing like that's just a classic. That's just a, you know what you're going to get week in, week out. And um, you don't have to make it more than what it is. I was torn between a PB&J as well. But the reason why I didn't go with PB&J is it is a must combo pick to have the PB&J with a tall glass of chocolate milk. That is a must. And so since I couldn't draft the chocolate milk with the PB&J, I had to go. I had grilled cheese on my list. Like, honestly, not the sexiest pick, but talk about making other people better. Like, if you got a tomato soup on your team, it's just going to elevate that to the next level. Here's what I like about grilled cheese. It doesn't take a lot. It does not take a lot to get them going. Like, you just pick pick your guy, tell him, hey, look, game day, and it's a five seven minute process some of these other guys they're a little bit more prima donnas you're gonna have to buy a couple more things you're gonna have to dedicate a little bit more time 
But a grilled cheese, you know exactly what you're getting. And like I said, five, seven minutes max, and that he's ready to put Fits into any lineup for sure. So we're going to want fans to to vote on our uh, team, see who comes out on top this week in our... All right, let's go a, a recap. First round, I took the Italian sandwich, ham, turkey, salami, provolone cheese, extra onions, oil, vinegar. Second round pick, I went with a barbecue pulled pork um, with some sort of uh, spicy cheese. Could be any sort of spicy cheese, but... Definitely sweet, tangy barbecue sauce on a roll. Third round, I went with the tuna on cheddar, onions, relish, toasted potato bread. Mm -mm -mm. And then fourth and final, a safe classic pick for Mr. Irrelevant, grilled cheese on a three different style cheese. Um, yeah, that, that that's a solid lineup right there. We're not going to win the Super Bowl, I don't think, but we will contend. Here's the thing, in the pregame pressers, I have nothing but respect for that team. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're scared. <laughs> My first round pick was a Cuban sandwich. Obviously, a lot of prep time, but if you make it the right way, like this, this guy could be the MVP of the season, in my opinion. And then next pick, I won another hot sandwich, French dip. Ah, uh, great, great late in the season when it's getting really cold. This guy is really going to warm up your team, dip it in the au jus. I mean, can't go wrong there. Mm. Third, I went with one of your selections, just like the basic club. It's just going to carry our team with consistency and really be the steadying force to our group. And lastly, I went with the patty melt just to kind of get away from the lunch meat a little bit and get into uh, the beef. Uh, yeah, that's I, I think we'll see you in the in the two team <laughs> league. I think we'll see you in the Super Bowl. <laughs> exact round robin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one home, one away, and then we'll see you in the, in the playoffs. The great thing about this league is you only have to win one game to win the Super Bowl. You can go 0 and 2 in the round robin to, play and then you can to, just win the Super Bowl. Yeah. How can we bring this to life though? That's my yeah, question. I wish there was a way we could make these sandwiches and have a taste It's test, like um it's like hot rod. Who would win in a fight? Grilled cheese or a taco? <laughs> <laughs> I think grilled cheese. Yeah, but if we're going street honestly, rules, like taco. the taco is going to just play dirty and win it. Here's my thing. The taco is messy, and one hit to the taco, it's every all of its contents are going everywhere. You got a grilled cheese that's solid and it's just melted together. It's wearing punches all day long. Agreed. All it's it's like butter being the, the box are just like soft. Like you just you're just punching like fat soft <laughs> yeah. stuff the whole time. It's like that uh, jackass episode when uh, <laughs> what's his yeah, name? Yeah, Preston gets knocked out, and he's like, "Butter being okay." <laughs> hilarious that's such a great line he gets knocked down that's if the other guy's okay <laughs> i haven't watched that in forever man. um oh, okay wow. back to football uh huge takeaway for me was how much better this pittsburgh steelers team is with a veteran quarterback what uh have you noticed because that steelers team is pretty much the same as they were last year and they were not very good but you put in a guy like big ben veteran guy who sees it all and doesn't make very many mistakes man, they just look like a completely different team and a contender. So it just goes to show the value of a veteran guy um, at the quarterback position. Are you impressed with Big Ben so far? Definitely. And he's had so much time off and like people were really razzing him for the way like he looked. He looked out of shape in the offseason and everything, but he just comes in, goes into the lineup and is playing super solid. So it's hard to it's hard to knock him and you can't discount his the amount of years he's had in that offense and his familiarity with it. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and I think it agrees, goes to my next point, which 
there was a lot of rookies and two second year starters that looked like veterans uh, this weekend. If you were to start a franchise right now, which rookie or second year starting QB are you taking uh, to start your franchise? Ooh, that's a really good question. I might go like I want to say Kyler Murray, but I've been so I've been so critical of him that I would feel I'd feel bad jumping on the bandwagon now. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. I that guy gets out of everything. Like when the pocket breaks down, he just runs and he's just like, "How did he get out of that?" He looks so small on the field, but you really can't tell in his play because he he plays like a big time quarterback. And I've been very impressed with him the last two weeks. And and I think the Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins has really gave him a, a second option where they're going to be able to turn some heads. Their defense was already really good, so I I'm taking Kyler Murray. But it was a t- it was a toss up between Gardner Minshew and Kyler Murray. I'm the same exact way with Gardner Minshew that you are with Kyler Murray. I kind of bashed him a little bit last year, and he's kind of just shoved it back in my face by playing well um, these last two weeks when the they thought Jaguars were going to be the laughing stock of the league. It may be and, that uh, overreaction Monday aren't. again, but I think if I'm not taking Kyler Murray, I'm taking Joe Burrow because I think with a better offensive line, I think he's so solid. Like I'd really like to have him to develop. Like maybe yeah. maybe you won't win the Super Bowl this year or make the playoffs this year, but like I think when he develops, he's going to be elite top three quarterback. And Justin Herbert, I was very impressed with him. He was told he was going to start right in pregame. Uh, Tyrod Taylor had that weird chest injury, and he went out and performed with the defending Super Bowl champions and went toe-to-toe with them. And that was, I mean, even though Mahomes had an off game, but that just goes to show the Chargers defense played really well. And uh, Herbert, I was really impressed with him. He didn't make very many mistakes other than the one he scrambled. I don't know if you watched the game. He was scrambling to his left. It was like third and three, and he had about 15 yards where he can run and get him in field goal range, and he throws across his body and threw a pick. And I think that's because they were playing <laughs> Mahomes, and maybe he saw Mahomes do it, and I'm was like, I-, I could do that. <laughs> so, yeah, but good, good, uh, good day by him, and, and a lot of good young stars, uh, QB stars in the league. I got a, a, a new segment. Uh, guess that QB off his stat line and his uh salary okay so let's see how good you are quarterback who makes 33 million dollars a year his stat line 11 for 26 113 yards three interceptions 33 million 33 million a year his stat line 11 for 26 113 yards three interceptions i thought you had a typo there that's less than 50 percent um who threw picks this weekend? I'm trying to think. A lot of people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, can you give me like a give, like I'll the conference? I'll give you a hint. NFC. NFC. Oh, was it Wentz? No. Who was it? He, I don't know how much he makes, but yeah, it was Kirk Cousins. Oh, has yeah. really underperformed these first two weeks, and it's been pretty tough to watch. And he's making thirty-three million a year, which <laughs> leads me to my next point: If you could sign with any NFL team today, where would you go? New Orleans Saints in a heartbeat. Ah, see, that was my thing. Are you thinking sit behind a veteran or go to a place you can compete early? We're in different parts of our career. I'm thinking Vikings. I would love to sign to the Vikings because Kirk Cousins on his way out, I believe. Broncos are hurting with injuries. Uh, Washington Football Club, I just don't 
don't believe in Haskins. I don't think he's the guy, but they got Alex Smith over there as their backup. And the Jets, the Jets looking like the Jets of old. Um, I think probably the most demoralizing play of the weekend was third and 31 <laughs> in the Jets Niners game. And then Niners handed the Ripped ball off and got 49 like yard 60, run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 50 yard run. So yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I, I would Vikings would be a place I would want to land just because Kirk Cousins, they, he's got to be on the way out, even though they just signed him to an extension. He just is not flashy. I'm just not impressed with him. And he lost Stephon Diggs. So now his true, he doesn't have just elite receivers now. So his true, true colors are showing. Dude, the things I see people say about him on Twitter are the most brutal things that I've ever read. Oh, you can't go on Twitter, especially when a guy's not doing well, because the trolls over on there will just absolutely hash it out. And, and it's yeah, hard. like I'm like, not even asking for it. And it's just like, hey, you're going to like this Kirk Cousins tweet. And it just like puts it in my feed. I'm like, I don't want to see this. Yeah, I know. And that and that's what's tough. And that's why social media has been such a struggle. Uh, have you watched the social dilemma thing on Netflix? No, I need to. I've heard I've heard great things. I've heard great things. My brother was just telling me about it. He said that uh, it's a must watch about how these companies are competing for your attention and for you to, you know, devote all your time on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Netflix. Like they're just competing for your attention and people are doing less things because they're just more focused on their electronics, which is crazy. So I, yeah, I think I, I think I would watch it. And he said it was one of the scariest things he's seen. And it didn't even seem like it was like a scary thing. Obviously, the idea and concept of it is. But yeah, if, if it's that scary for him, I, I definitely am, am intrigued by it. Have you seen that new, um, that YouTube video? Well, it's not a YouTube video, but it's on YouTube of like all the news stations, like reading the same exact script, but trying to make it sound different. And it's all like propaganda, basically. No, but that's yeah, I'm a big believer in, in brainwashing on uh, news outlets. But man, like depending on what news outlet you watch, I feel like you're getting brainwashed. So I don't watch any TV. Uh, when I saw that, I was like about to throw away my laptop and my phone and like go live in the mountains. It was scary, dude. The scariest thing is when you talk about something and then all of a sudden you're seeing ads on your phone. That is scary to me. Oh, yeah. Like, so I'm putting in uh, flooring in my basement currently. And I was talking to my wife about what kind of couches we wanted. And all I mentioned was uh, one of the furniture companies. And I said, hey, I think Ashley, Ashley's Furniture is having some deals. And now my phone is blown up with Ashley Furniture. And I'm like, I never even Googled anything. I never typed anything in. All I did was set it over the phone. And now I'm getting these ads. And that's that's what's scary. To I me. agree. And I actually have a really funny story, but it's kind of embarrassing at like my expense. But I'm going to tell it anyways. <laughs> Love so it. Love it. me and the bro have been playing Rocket League and I've been in the habit of like fake crying like a baby when he complains or like, <laughs> like just in general. You love doing that though, but you do love doing I'm that. I'm really good at it though. <laughs> like I'm really good at it. Let's hear one. Let's okay, hear one. Okay, I got to get into character. Hold on. Get the baby character. Wow, that is I mean, good. it's pretty good. So I've been doing it a lot just because I think it's funny and it drives Garrett insane. But I've been getting baby ads like Gerber ads and like they think I'm like, oh my like, I have a kid. I'm like, I don't have a kid, dude. That's hilarious. Emily's probably like, dude, you need to stop that because now she's getting baby ads. Baby fever over there for you guys. 
but man oh that's man that's yeah terrifying though honestly that, it's scary yeah um did you watch any basketball this weekend or did you know that the lakers were playing yesterday yeah i, I knew the lakers were playing i was like checking in but i was mostly involved with that sunday night game it was crazy yeah it was yeah i, I wonder what the ratings have been on on the basketball with football you, you can't play on sunday I, I, if you're the NBA and you're in the bubble, just kick it to Monday, yeah, right? On. Or even even with the Monday night game, that's tough. But yeah, AD hits the game winner. I didn't even know the Lakers were playing until I saw it on like the ESPN thing popped up and said, "Oh, AD hits game winner." So man, that's I would love to see the ratings on that. Also, want to see the ratings um, because the Raptors are out of it. I want to see how many Canadians are following the NBA still. And how many Canadians are watching the NFL? Because you would think the CFL would be playing right now, and so I'm sure that there's they've got a higher attendance rate um, from Canadians because there is no CFL. Yeah, for sure. And like the most impressive part about AD's shot was it was on Jokic, who's like six ten, and he just was not even phased. He was draped all over him. He's just like, yeah, I'm gonna shoot over you. <laughs> is that the nail? Is that the nail in the coffin for the Nugs? Shoot, I mean, you'd think the worst case scenario for the Lakers. If they gave him everything. You think they the had. worst case scenario for the Lakers would be to go up three <laughs> one, because they've come yeah, back from true. two three one. And, and if you're the Nuggets, you're like, let's get it. Let's get it to three <laughs> one. We're comfortable here. Let's get it to three one. Way more comfortable on the brink of elimination for sure. Oh yeah, that's tough. And the fact that they did it twice, like, like I said, the statistical analysis people are just their heads are spinning after the falcons thing and then the back-to-back three ones 2020 has really just thrown a curveball at every everybody (laughs) yeah all the all the line makers in vegas are just like yeah i'm just gonna quit (laughs) speaking of curveballs i got a curveball for you would you rather be stranded in a lifeboat in the middle of the sahara desert or the middle of antarctica i'm going desert easy easy choice for me. yeah okay talk to me why um i just don't you only have the like... clothes on your back that's it oh like right now oh yeah um, then it... well just say you're in antarctica so you'll have warm clothes then okay but you can't prepare for this i'm still going desert because i feel like it's just gonna be so so cold like like i i like being chilly more than i like being hot but at the same time that's just so brutal of a temperature that i'd rather be like so so hot and then freezing at night if i'm in the desert yeah and and it's healthy to sleep in the cold so while you sleep in (laughs) in the cold you're actually healthier living in the desert but i i did some research on this because i was intrigued by it they said you'd probably last about three hours in antarctica if you can't get shelter by dying of hypothermia but in the in the sahara desert you can last as long as your body can go dehydration and there's some precautions you can take by drinking your own urine we talked about that last time let's talk about it again uh, i I can't get enough yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay here's a fun fact you can only drink your urine three times before it'll start affecting you negatively okay that's that's pretty I was going to like do a bit where I'm like, oh, that's not true. Trust me. I know from experience, but I didn't think it would be that funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that means you'd have to drink it four or five, six. And and I feel like one would be enough. Yeah. Like Like, I'm good. Bartender. Thanks. I choose death. (laughs) (laughs) Like where? Not again. Where do you even find water in the desert on the low, like below a cactus or something? Like, well, I think you got to chop up the cactus and you get it from the inside, but I'm not a survivalist. 
but they said that the desert was the pick also because most of the time you get clear skies and you can use the sun as a compass to help you, which is uh, pretty smart. And the thing about just being stranded in a lifeboat is you are just confined to that one area. At least in the desert, you feel like you're walking, so you're making progress. Even if you're going the wrong way, you feel like you're making progress. In a lifeboat, you're just at the mercy of the water. And I couldn't imagine being on a little lifeboat when a, a bad storm hits. You are definitely in the, in the water yeah, with the sharks. Yeah, for real. And I, I feel like I'd be hesitant to be like walking around too much in the desert. Like I don't want to sweat. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, are you like Michael Scott where you – turn your pants into shorts and then it gets a little chilly and then you turn, <laughs> turn back into pants. <laughs> Two hours the, later. The, the best case scenario is you're wearing those like old zip off pants. Oh yeah. But who has those anymore? You know? Yeah, no, those are dead. Those are nineties, man. Got to talk about the saints tonight. Saints. Yes. Saints going to pull it out. I think the Raiders will give them a, a good fight, but, uh, I really, I really think that um, Saints will pull it off, but I think that the Raiders are going to give them a little bit of fight. The spread, I'm just looking it up on ESPN. The spread was at six, minus six for the Saints, and it's at minus four and a half currently, which means a lot of people are starting to bet on the Raiders. I'm going Saints easy, even with the minus six. I think they e- win by ten. Even with uh, Michael Thomas out. Yeah, and I'm, I think that's just going to mean more opportunity for. For Camara to touch the ball, yeah. which is good and, for me. And, I need uh, I need ten Doug. points out of him to win. That's it, just ten, huh? Yeah. So I'm pretty well, I'm pretty feeling like it's locked up. So you just gotta pray for uh, safety tonight, because man, the way that and, and oh, the yeah. other big thing, uh, the big news story from last night's game was uh, James White's family. Did you hear about that? So terrible. Prayers oh, out to gosh, him. Gosh, yeah, for sure. That's I mean, you never want to go through anything like that I, I couldn't even imagine like getting ready for a game and then you get that call and you're just like are you i don't even know what what you would be thinking right oh yeah. that'd be that'd be brutal but yeah so i think Carr's gonna come out pretty hot um gruden's gonna have a good game plan saints d is just gonna be uh too good for uh too good much better than the raiders d and i think that's gonna be the difference is the defenses yeah hopefully uh breeze puts up his, his usual self you know he only threw for 160 yards last week, which was very uncharacteristic of him. Two touchdowns, yeah, though, strange. no picks. 18 of 30, almost 50%, a little over 50%. That's not like it's usually breezy. 75%, so that's weird. That's because there's no fans in the stands. And I, Breeze is definitely one of those guys that plays off the crowd. I guarantee it. He's he's one of those guys that plays off the crowd and, and the excitement and the joy. And you just go out there and he's just feeling like it's practice. I bet you that's a typical practice day for Drew Brees. 18 of 30, 162 touchdowns. You think? Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's fair. Because he's not taking many reps. He doesn't need them. Yeah. <laughs> he's He's been taking reps for 19 years, so. Yeah. And then the last game I want to talk about is the Thursday night game. You got the Dolphins and the Jaguars, which I don't know why they would have ever scheduled this for a Thursday night game, but – they did after we just got the Bengals Browns, which was actually a good game. But looking at it, Bengals Browns, then you go Dolphins Jaguars. Like, come on, NFL. Not the sexiest matchups, but I'm excited to watch Fitzmagic go against uh, Minshew Mania. I think it'll be an absolutely wild game, one way or the other. Like, because either of those. That's a good point. <laughs> I think that's the best point you can make there. 
it'll be a wild game. Like something, expect the unexpected. That's the, probably the cover for that. Oh, one. no question. Let's see who they got favored in this. They got Jacksonville favored by three. Wow. If we get a barn burner out of these two teams with like both guys throwing eight touchdowns or a barn burner with each team throwing like six picks, that's what I want. <laughs> one or the other you want just a ton of turnovers or a bunch of yeah high points? i think uh, i think a two to three game or a like 49 to 56 game would be ideal yeah yeah that would i i love points and uh i'm always rooting for points it's all it's hard to um not root for guys to score on offense just being an offensive minded guy so i i want this to be a high scoring game where everyone's just like what we did not expect this out of Jacksonville, Miami. Let's see what the over-under is. Just talking about it. If they even have it posted. I don't even think they have it posted yet. But, yeah, so 0-2 Miami Dolphins versus the 101 Jacksonville Jaguars. Look out Thursday. Should be <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. It's going to be a wild one. And I think that's just about going to do it for episode 1-5 of the Rouge Report. We appreciate you guys listening so much. Remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and give us those ratings if you feel like it yep it's just a a quick uh 15th episode but we're looking forward to we have a couple guests coming on uh, in the future so stay tuned for that thank you for listening to the rouge report presented by young's equipment a rough rider podcast the Rouge Report is brought to you by Young's Equipment, your case IH dealer in Southern Saskatchewan. Young's is home to a wide selection of new and used case IH combines to meet your needs for any size farm. Their experienced technicians and wide selection of parts will keep you running all season. Go to youngs.ca and use the podcast code Rouge, R-O-U-G-E, for your chance to win a writer's prize package.